You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Do you have any tattoos, Ryan? Do I have any tattoos? Yeah. Heck no. I don't like the thought of, you know, injecting heavy metals under my skin. Sounds awful. It's kind of metal. I mean, I have five. I'm, I, I hope you judge me for that. Are you magnetic? That'd be cool. I, well, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think my favorite tattoo has to be the one, the name of God that I have. I've got the uh, Tetragrammaton on my right arm, which is YHWH. And I've got it in Paleo Hebrew from the time period where Jesus was alive. And I Paleo. Think, okay. I think, Better than vegan. <laughs> yeah. Vegan Hebrew is just not worth it. Um, oh, I but, hate it. It's disgusting, man. No <laughs> fat. What's funny about it is everyone always assumes it's Norse runes. They always assume that I'm a heathen. As I was reading about, you know, uh, Roger Stone, get this. He has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. Calls him his political hero. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh-huh. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Make Liberty Great Again. As always, I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me as always, Ryan Burgett. I'm Ryan Burgett. <laughs> I'm Ryan Burgett, and I deserve to be here. <laughs> So far, that's how it seems. Got to talk Phil into coming back at some point. It's just shifting Who? schedules. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I figured, I figured I would have you on because one, you know, it's always fun to talk. And two, you are very, um, when I shared the fact that Roger Stone was convicted of those federal charges, you got real fiery and I'll be honest with you, never paid attention to Roger Stone. So I I, kind of want to talk about that for two reasons. One, I want to learn. And two, it's always fun when you're fired up. So give me the give me the basis. Give me the basics of who Roger Stone is and why the left hates him and why the um, why the neocon right hates him. Because I, I Googled him and the first the first article that came up was one from the rap. That said, Donna Brazil, Donna Brazil, who's the the last uh, like leader of the DNC, uh, tells Bill Maher she hopes that Roger Stone ro- roasts in hell. The second one that came up, and I'm gonna have to bleep this, came from Esquire, and it said, "Professional rat f-er, Roger Stone has f-ed his last rat." And then finally, was Megan McCain tells Roger Stone uh. to rot in hell. And that was from Fox News. And I'm just going, huh. wow, all of the right people hate him. So I, <laughs> I, I should know who this guy is. But I, I, don't, I don't pay attention. I didn't pay a lot, whole lot of attention to the Trump collusion things. I knew that some people got nabbed on stupid, like lying to the, to the feds or something. But I didn't, I didn't look that deeply. And now... God, they hated him, and I need to know why I should love him. <laughs> well, I can't say why you should love him, but I've followed him for a while. I didn't I didn't follow him in the past until the lead up to the twenty sixteen election. 
uh, at that time I was listening to Alex Jones every day. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy Alex Jones. Call me crazy. You're crazy. And yeah, of course I am. Either way, <laughs> Alex Jones isn't crazy. I might be, but that guy's brilliant. Either way. <laughs> so he started having Roger Stone on. And that, that was my introduction to Roger Stone at that point. Roger Stone is a uh, political guy, yeah. pundit, author, uh, just involved in all sorts of stuff. And he was one of Trump's strategists during the election. Now, the okay. thing is, this guy, I mean, you know, Alex Jones has a certain reputation about him. Yeah. You might have, you know, heard. <laughs> yeah. So politicians don't want to get too close to him. You know, like Rand Paul, for example, used to go on Alex Jones's show until he became until he became a senator. Once he was uh, a senator, all of a, all of a sudden, nope, wouldn't go on Alex Jones's show. Yeah, <laughs> because being important senator guy can't lose respect by going on Alex Jones's show. Uh, the only obvious exception to this rule was Ron Paul, who regularly went on Alex Jones, and that's Alex Jones is where I heard about is where I first heard Ron Paul. Hmm. I had flipped over and saw Alex Jones. I'd heard that Alex Jones actually was crazy. And I flipped over to his website based on someone's recommendation. And it said, Alex Jones interviews Ron Paul. And that was in 2009. And I thought, wait, Ron Paul? He was that weird guy that Rush Limbaugh talked about <laughs> and said never to, never to listen to. I said, why is this weird radio host that somebody mentioned to me talking to Ron Paul for, especially after the election's over? So I got curious and I was actually introduced to Ron Paul <laughs> and Alex Jones on the same day. Wow. Either way, yeah. Roger Stone, on the other hand, well, Donald Trump, near the beginning of the campaign, he actually went on InfoWars, went on Alex Jones' show. But then he didn't go on after that, even though Alex Jones became a big supporter of him during that election. Yeah. Well, Roger Stone then started regularly going on Alex Jones' show. And he even did more. He and Alex Jones had some actual like rallies they got together. They actually went out on the street, started interviewing people. Roger Stone hosted certain uh infowars episodes or was a co-host at least like this guy got really plugged into infowars all while he's working directly with the trump campaign was he one of those guys that went with alex jones to um to to over to the young turks and what's his name shank Uyghur shank i don't know his last name shank Uyghur. that's what i'm gonna say mm. and with the uh, no uh, idea clinton's a rapist shirt or something like that I don't know. I don't know what he was wearing, but yeah, no, they were the ones who stormed uh, the the Young Turks their thing together. But that's only one. I mean, there's other videos of them out on the street together doing stuff. Roger hmm. Stone was not afraid to work with Alex Jones, and Alex, or he was regularly on Alex Jones's program, giving him information about what was going on in the Trump campaign. And Alex Jones would give him information, <laughs> tell him stuff, you know, uh, thoughts and opinions, and you've got to investigate the pedophiles. Well, he was Alex Jones's connection to the to the Trump campaign. Oh yeah. But the thing is, everybody hated him. Anytime you know uh, Roger Stone would show up in the media, people would just put him down like the most disgusting piece of garbage the world had ever seen, and they really went after the guy. And yeah, either way, was it just because he was at at, at going after Alex Jones, or because he was a, I mean, because he was with Alex Jones, or was it because he was for Trump? Or what What caused the animus? Is it just because he's fiery and doesn't give a crap? Well, like what, you know, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a, a, an interesting mix. Apparently he really likes Nixon. Yeah, that's is, really strange. You know, an odd, strange flex. You know, having a 
tattoo of Nixon on his back. God. But if you look at the if you look at the books that this guy wrote, it's really fascinating. Just listen to the titles of the books that Roger Stone has written. Stone's Rules, How to Win at Politics, Business, and Style. Okay, whatever. That's boring. <laughs> Next one, The Benghazi Report. Review of the terrorist attacks on U.S. facilities in Libya, Benghazi, blah, blah. There we go. That's something kind of controversial. Here's a good one. The Bush Crime Family, The Inside Story of an American Dynasty by Roger Stone. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one. The Myth of Russian Collusion, The Inside Story of How Donald Trump Really Won. Also, The Making of the President 2016, How Donald Trump Orchestrated a Revolution. So... I mean, and I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking through them now, and the, I think my favorite is probably the Clinton's War on Women. Just go, go after the throat, man. Seriously. Also, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. <laughs> oh, wow. Roger Stone has no problem being on the wrong side of the elite. Like, it's fascinating just looking at the titles of his books. This guy is kind of in their face, and he doesn't care. It's, it sounds like he just pushes against the narrative in such a strong way that they don't know how to deal with that. I think that's it. I mean... But he's also, if you look at these, these are the same titles of books Alex Jones could have written. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it makes sense why the two of them would work so much together. And also, there's a certain part of me that thinks that because, I don't know, because he lived on the edge, Roger Stone, because he's always been on the edge, because he's the guy interacting with crazy Alex Jones, you know, because he's the guy feeding Alex information from the Trump campaign. A big part of me thinks that they literally just wanted to get back at him for giving Alex Jones that much more uh, of a share. platform, yeah. I guess. You know, kind of punish him. You don't go against the narrative. You can be crazy, you can do everything, but you don't lift up Alex Jones. You don't help him out. You know, you don't bring him into a presidential campaign. You don't do all, whatever. Right. And, but, and it, let me let me ask, what, what were the, my, my assumption is that the charges against him that he's getting 50 years for is something like lying to the FBI. Is it something stupid like that? Well, it wasn't the FBI. It was the House Intelligence Committee. Okay. Remember, they did their their Russian collusion thing. Right. You know, as in the Russians. They, Donald Trump was elected because the Russians interfered interfered with the election. Well, they started their investigation, and from day one, any thinking person realized this is a witch hunt. This is just a chance for them to pick off anybody they can oh, yeah. from Trump's administration. Trump's friends, Trump's associates, people who worked on the campaign. So they brought Roger Stone in for hour after hour after hour of interviewing, you know? Yeah. How many hours on end? Something insane. You know, hour after hour after hour asking him questions over and over and over again until he tripped up in some way or until some of his answers didn't line up perfectly with other things he said. And they said, ha, we got you. So, yeah, they're punishing him for messing with a... Or for, you know, not giving straight answers in a investigation that was never going anywhere. Right. It's, <laughs> you know? it's like, who, who was the other guy that got, um, who got in trouble for lying to the FBI? There was another... Trump's... Was Trump, that Trump's Trump lawyer? Uh, I don't know if it was Cohen. I think it but was... But that guy really was a sleaze. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, I think it was someone else. It's so hard to remember who these people are. Pap not Papadopoulos. I don't know. But one of them got in trouble and got charged for lying to the FBI. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of that charge. 
And I feel like that's easily one of the most bullcrap charges I've ever heard in my entire life. You can go to no, jail it's many for times lying before. to the feds. No, they, they make up bogus investigations and they pull people in, interview them hour after hour until something they say doesn't quite line up. Then they charge them with interfering with an investigation that was bunk from the beginning. You know, it's it's a it's a classic you know, political witch hunt in you know in the system here in the U.S. Man, uh, one of the I mean, you remember? I'm not uh, apologizing for anybody in the Bush administration, but wasn't Scooter Libby uh, one of those guys? They pulled him in over and over and over, hour after hour after hour, giving him all these uh, you know for a what was it grand jury hearings yeah. or whatever, and they just interviewed him. Until something he said didn't line up, then they went after him. And of course, the investigation didn't go anywhere. It was never going anywhere. But they still destroyed him, sent him to prison. It's, it's just so, it's, it's such a crazy thought to me because I feel like if I'm talking to someone who's going to try to put me away for 50 years like they did Roger Stone, convicted, sentenced to 50 years, I mean, what the hell? Like... <laughs> Well, they wanted to destroy him. They wanted to make an example out of him. Who knows? Maybe it's just a matter of saying, hey, don't you mess with, you know, the 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 narrative. <laughs> you can you can have disagreements as long as you stay within the narrative. But if you go outside and if you start hanging out with people like Alex Jones, if you start, you know, then no, we will destroy you, destroy your entire life, everything. It just makes me think <sighs> it of... is so infuriating and makes... so pointless. There was no Russian collusion. This whole investigation was bunk from the beginning, and they knew it. I mean, it, it, all of this, especially the way they did this, lying to the FBI or whatever they did with the same similar stuff they did to Roger Stone, it makes me it makes me think about mobsters and you know squeezing someone until they slip up and then you you pop them. Like I mean, but that keeps coming up because the the state uses mobster tactics they have for for decades. Oh yeah tale as old as time it's crazy there was something that we were going to talk about last week before everything went down i just wanted to touch on it <laughs> before i fell asleep <laughs> before <laughs> children started screaming right <laughs> yeah good times thanks for bringing that memory back up <laughs> the tom woods episode about epstein oh that was gutsy man yeah and it was, I don't want to come across as too much of an idiot this time, but for some reason I didn't think about Epstein as a tool of the deep state until I listened to that episode. And as soon as that mm. idea was floated, it's like, of course that makes sense. Of course they're using their mobster tactics again. Of course they're, mm -hmm. they're using blackmail and uh, creating power out of leveraging the bodies of children. I mean, it's... Oh, it's disgusting. But uh, one of the well, things I learned a lot from that episode. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot that I'd never heard before. Like that he was involved. I mean, you saw that. Have you seen the Tom Cruise movie American Made? That recent one. No. Where he's a. It's a true story of a pilot. I believe like during the eighties, and he was delivering drugs. <laughs> you know, the guy's working with the CIA. But he's delivering drugs in this weird, you know, mix because the CIA was way involved in drug trafficking and all this bizarre stuff in the 80s and 90s through today. But they just hide it better today. Oh, of course. Either way. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was involved in that program. 
And he actually did some work with the CIA at that time. He has direct connections with the CIA. (laughs) Then he left that, you know, they stopped doing that. And then he started this, you know, fantasy sex island with kids for the world's elite. Did he just transition? Was he, did he now have a new job? He wasn't delivering drugs for the CIA. Now he was, you know, an intelligence agent and he was putting important people from around the world in compromising positions that could then be leveraged against them. It's, uh, yeah, well, someone like that would definitely die and then have the world told that they had committed suicide. Oh, of course. And I mean, that's the, that's what's so crazy about it. It's so, it's so obvious that members of the deep state would want to have this power over people. And God, I mean, I just never, I never would have connected it for some reason until I heard that. And it was like, oh, well, that's clearly obvious that that's what they were doing. And that's what his job was. It wasn't just because he wanted power. It's because people wanted to be able to flex their flex in the FBI and the CIA and the, you know, I mean, mind blowing. But one of the things that I found most interesting, at least interesting to me, was the Project Veritas video uh, where Amy Robach was caught on a hot mic uh, talking about how she had sat on the Epstein story for three years. And she, she didn't want to. Yeah. Right. She was pissed off. And I think there are a lot of things about that video. I think, honestly, it's probably um, Project Veritas. Uh, what's his name? James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe. I think that's pro- this is probably his magnum opus because it's so important and it show it lifts the curtain up so incredibly well because you notice right. when she's pissed off. First, she says definitively that she didn't believe that Epstein killed himself. Secondly, literally no one in that control room pushed back on anything. They weren't like, oh, well, no, he probably killed himself. There was no one in there that was like, no, 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 no. That that can't be right. So everyone is essentially agreeing in this in this clip, which is crazy. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, it's an amazing clip. Um, but what's interesting about it, at least in my opinion, is that ABC Disney was so massively they wanted to keep this under wraps. They were embarrassed when it wasn't kept under wraps. And then they wanted they wanted to go for blood. Speaking of mobster tactics, they wanted to make an example. <laughs> and so yep. I was looking into this because there was a reporter or someone who worked at ABC that had accessed this video and she got fired as the whistleblower. And I, I just saw this on its head and then I started looking into the details. The woman that they fired did not work at ABC anymore she worked at cbs also there was no evidence whatsoever that she had spread the video downloaded the video it's anything just that she had accessed it so disney saw this happen saw that some information about epstein and how their news channel was hiding or covering up this epstein story and they were like okay i'm gonna call cbs real quick and take out this chick who doesn't work for us anymore. Yep. Just as an example, just like Roger Stone. Just, I mean, well, who knows whether she did or didn't? That's not the point. The point is, if you, you know, if you leak out information, if you give people information that they need to hear that we want buried, you know, 
we'll hunt you down and destroy you. So the point is done. I mean, it's it's basically, you know, terrorism <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trying to scare everybody into into, you know, it's just, just one of those weird up. things that like as after I heard Tom Woods episode and her talking about how the CIA uh, when it was started, it was built out of the mob and how those tactics have always been a part of the CIA. And then I start seeing how what they did to Roger Stone, which was to make an example, just like several of the other guys in the Trump administration who got nabbed for stupid things like lying to the FBI. And then CBS uses the same kind of tactics by making an example of this woman who they have no proof did anything, works at a different company and says, I did not blow the whistle on this. And they got her fired. It's just incredible Crazy stuff, man. It's just another example. Like it's, it's hard for me. Like I'm not going to take the, the whole bottle of red pills, but it, it's an, amazing to me to see the corporate press just continue to show itself as the enemy of the people <laughs> openly and brazenly. Well, exactly. They're the ones who, who hold information from the people. They say, we are the, what do they call themselves? The fourth or the, the final branch of government or whatever, state. you know? Yeah, whatever. We're the ones who bring you the information you need. You know, democracy dies in the dark. That's the Washington Post, right? They're uh, tagline now <laughs> the but first time the i saw that people in the dark the first the first time i saw that tagline democracy dies in darkness i said well then turn off the fucking light <laughs> <laughs> well also think back to some of o'keefe's other recent stuff he had where was it was it np no it was uh, new york times where he you know had a mic of a new york times guy as he was explaining oh no we don't have anything on on Russian collusion, but we're just going to keep repeating it over and over again. And if we p repeat it long enough, we won't need any proof. I mean, people already believe it and we'll have already done what we needed to do. <laughs> this guy was talking explicitly about making the news, you know, not being the news. So guess what? Yeah, that's <laughs> democracy dies in the darkness. Seriously, that's taking darkness. That's taking something not true and Pushing that to the light intentionally to mess people up, confuse them. Uh, why does anyone listen to the mainstream media? Because like the, the Project Veritas, the, the, what they've been doing, it made me think of something else that happened the other day. I don't know if you heard about this. Do you remember the Center for Medical Progress? The, um, what's his name? Uh, David Daladin, who he recorded no. the Planned Parenthood uh, officials behind the scenes talking about selling the the body parts of aborted fetuses and all of that. Oh, well, I certainly remember that. Yeah. But I don't know who did it. Yeah, so it, the guy's name is David Daladon, Daladin. I'm not sure how to say it. But, okay. um, so he did that. He covertly, he did a Project Veritas style thing. He covertly got in there, got the information, got video proof of these people talking about certain things. That was amazing. And Planned Parenthood did not like this. And then on the 15th, a federal jury actually um, found him personally, David Daladin, that, that he had caused substantial harm to Planned Parenthood by infiltrating the abortion industry conferences to secretly tape abortion doctors. And they award, they, they're making him pay Planned Parenthood 
$870,000. Really? Yeah. I have not heard that before. Yeah. So, so Holy goodness. Planned Parenthood and the the you know, dem- democratic pro-choice kill them up to child, uh, you know, birth crowd has their set of, you know, ideals about Planned Parenthood, what it is, how they work, how they're a charitable organization, how they don't do anything illegal, don't do anything bad. Abortion's only 3% of what they do, blah, blah, blah. This guy sends some people in with, with some cameras and catches them selling fetal body parts and the a federal a federal jury decided hey that was that was uh harmful to planned parenthood so the guy not the guy who did the recording but the guy who was over the that center that did that ran the whole sting operation who brought information who brought light to information has to pay planned parenthood directly almost a million dollars that is unfreaking real right i did not hear that well, thanks for getting me even more angry than I already was. I'm telling you, this stuff is all over the Golly. place right now. The the press, the the leftist institutions, they are going for blood for this stuff. It's all over the place. Democracy dies in darkness. Huh? Well, first off, kill it. But quit pretending like you care about bringing things to light, like tell, about telling the truth. Or getting the information out there when you're willing to have people fired, thrown in jail, or pay next to a million dollars for telling the truth. Well, the media, they're lobbying strongly to get, you know, Julian Assange out of jail, right? <sighs> they're using their using their influence to to get the governments of the world to stop going after him and set him free because of the, the good that he did, you know? Uh, removing the veil of darkness and showing people what the U.S. government, the U.S. military was doing. Right? That's happening, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> the corporate press is the enemy of the people. I, I, I can't say it enough yes, anymore. <laughs> and I don't see a line between the state and the media at this point. <laughs> they're, they're the same. They just work together. Everything about them is the exact same. They're the, in that same elite club whose entire goal is to rule the world and screw over the rest of us. Well, and that's that's completely true. That's the same club, you know, that visited Jeffrey Epstein. There were media elites, ABC elites, Disney elites, you know, uh, NBC, whatever. All the all the big people in the media, oh, they were buddies with Jeffrey Epstein. Just like the Clintons and all the, the political elites, too. So, yeah, one more connection there. There's no small amount of connections to the evil that goes on in the, in the state. And... <laughs> through the corporate press. Did you see um, John McAfee's weird photo with Epstein the other day? Yeah. So while people are, you know, all across the internet talking about how evil and disgusting Epstein is and how gross, you know, Disney and others are for, you know, for burying the story. Yeah, he decides that would be a good time to share a picture of him and Jeff Epstein sitting there smiling together, having a great time, presumably at Jeffrey Epstein's place. <laughs> We're going to have to ask him about that. Yeah, weird flex. Now, granted, it was one of those like Facebook story things, which is one of those bizarre features of Facebook where you're like, it, it makes no sense to me, but it's it like, flashes youngs. pictures. Yeah, well, either way, it it showed that and then it flashed to another picture which was about Jeffrey Epstein not killing himself. 
and I couldn't tell if that was something McAfee posted as well. Mm. You know, like if it went with him or if it was something unrelated. Like I said, the story things don't make sense to me. But <laughs> wasn't sure if he was saying, hey, you know, I knew Jeff Epstein, and let me tell you, that guy didn't kill himself. Or, or was it just, hi, I'm trying to get some attention, <laughs> you know? Like, I need to bring attention to my presidential campaign here. People talk to me about Jeff Epstein so that I can get back in the news. Who knows? I don't know. But, announcement, we actually have a, an interview with John McAfee this coming Thursday. So we'll Yay. actually be talking to him. So if, if that's a question that you, you want to know the answer to, we can, we can ask it. Uh, so, side note to anyone listening to this, if you have any questions or things that you think we should ask him about, let us know. I might ignore you because I'm like that. If I don't think it's interesting, I'm not going to ask it. But get pumped for that because that's coming. And one thing we are not asking him is what he enjoys putting inside of his mouth. Yeah, I don't want to do know. Not, I do not want to hear that. I do not want to know what he does on his time. Like, whatever, man. We're not talking about that. We're not going there. I'm just putting that in my brain. No, I, I don't have any interest in knowing that. I watched that horrible documentary gringo that oh, was on that little vice Showtime girl or whatever yeah that had to have been the most arrogant little obnoxious beast of a woman i've ever seen <laughs> i couldn't believe the way she sneered with everything she said it was unreal i could never imagine doing that when someone has told you repeatedly i don't want to be interviewed i don't want to be in your documentary i don't want to do this and then you show up and ambush them i think before that debate that they had in the Libertarian Party over on John Stossel's show. She just walks up into the into the room and starts talking to him. She's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm Nanette. And I was just like, this, <laughs> this C word. <laughs> hmm, hmm. Well, the one good thing about that documentary was the very end where she talked about John McAfee's final email he sent to her after she, you know, got everything together for a documentary. He wrote to her and said, I'm doing now what I've always done, which is F with the media, and you are my magnum opus. <laughs> I just love that. That made me that made me so happy. He basically admitted that he was messing with her the whole the whole time. I mean it was amazing. I think some beautiful. Of, some of my favorite parts were when he emailed her photos of herself and he was like, <laughs> Oh, by the way, my friends are watching you. <laughs> I know. It's brilliant. That dude is something else, man. I, Regardless of what anyone thinks of him, I find him to be absolutely fascinating. Ever since I the first time I heard about him, which was on Alex Jones. Well, I'm, I'm definitely excited to have that conversation. And I'm definitely going to prepare for that because who knows what this conversation is going to look like. We can have all the plans they in the world. They shot my dog. <laughs> we can have all the plans in the world, but it's John McAfee. Mm -hmm. There's no telling what that man's going to say. Yeah, I'm sure he'll take the conversation where he wants to take it. When I when I was listening to his first interview with Alex Jones, he was hiding. He'd been accused of murder, and he had, he had snuck off, literally crossing country borders, sneaking through the jungle, uh, you know, escaping from arrest. And then he contacted Alex Jones and said, I would, I'm available if you'd like to have an interview. And Alex Jones went, really? Okay. So he called him up or they, you know, got connected. So I'm listening to the show 
and Halleck had no idea apparently what John McAfee was going to say. But he goes, you may have heard that I was involved with underage girls. <laughs> it was this, oh. and he, he started going off into this whole thing. And Alex is like, oh, uh, I wasn't going there, but okay. okay yeah. No, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> and he just, <laughs> he just kept talking about stuff. And Alex was really, Are you, you really want to say that here? <laughs> he just, golly. And I was hooked. I was like, what? I don't know who this guy is, but man, oh man, I want to hear anything he has to say. And I loved his presidential run in 2016. That was glorious. I'm I'm excited to see what he's what he's up to, and I'll get to we'll actually get to ask him. So, ah, yay, awesome, calling us from his from his boat in international waters. <laughs> Presumably, who knows? Maybe he'll stop at a dock specifically for, to talk to us. Maybe so. I think he probably <laughs> has some people before and after us, but let's let's pretend we're special. No, we're going to pretend that we are, yeah, he wants to talk to us. Alex Jones, <laughs> then make Liberty great again, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you for uh, chatting with me about Roger Stone and uh, all of the crap that's going on and how, again, the corporate press is the enemy of the people. I keep saying it. I feel like I'm just a broken record at this point, but it, God, it's so, I mean, between the Covington kids, I mean, there's just so many examples. Ugh, Jesse yeah. Smollett, I mean, all of it. Like, I, I could name <laughs> Jesse. thing after yeah. thing. And that's the thing about the, the that specific red pill, and I think all of them, really, is once you have that red pill moment, the world shows itself. It's such mm. a great analogy, because you just see it everywhere. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. And we will see you next week, and you'll you'll hear us talking to John McAfee. So, uh, yay! <laughs> as you know, you can find us at thisismlga.com. You can find us at mlganetwork.com. If you type this, and you is... can find me at technoagorist.com. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> any any anywhere you type any social media, type this is MLGA. You'll find me. You guys have a great night. Keep it sane, and that's it. Goodbye.